Hi, friends. Welcome to the Connected Families podcast. I'm your host, Stacey Bellward. Our purpose in this podcast is to guide you to receive God's grace and truth, and then to equip you to pass that grace and truth on to your children. I'm so glad that you have joined us today. I've gathered a stellar group of three ladies to join me today on the podcast to talk about parenting and homeschooling. There are loads of homeschoolers in our community, and because of the pandemic, the number actually has been even growing. Well, homeschoolers have some unique challenges and really many of the same challenges that other parents face. I'm going to be talking about this and other challenges that homeschoolers face with Lydia Rex. Nicole Summers and Marnie love all homeschool moms, but each with a different story and a different journey. So welcome to the podcast, ladies. So glad to have you here. You know, I don't know if you guys know this, but I'm a homeschool kid. That's That's awesome. awesome. (laughs) My claim to fame is that my parents, uh, when I was young and we were living in Wisconsin, they homeschooled when it was still illegal. (laughs) That's crazy. It's so crazy. That probably kind of dates me a little bit, but (laughs) we had to stay in the house so that nobody would see us and the police wouldn't have to pick us up. So I feel like a forerunner for you all to be able to homeschool your kids. Thank you for paving the way. (laughs) You're welcome. Well, I want to give you each a chance to introduce yourselves just by telling us how many children you have, you know, about your homeschooling, their ages, but then really specifically, what challenges are you working through in your homeschooling? So why don't we start with Lydia? Lydia, you are on staff here. You are a parent coach certified with Connected Families. So share about homeschooling in your family. Yeah. Well, first of all, I am also a homeschool grad like you, Stacy. So I was homeschooled from preschool through high school. And funny enough, I didn't exactly plan on homeschooling my kids. I have a kindergartner and a fourth grader right now. And when my oldest would have been starting kindergarten was right when we had adopted my youngest. And so it started out as just, I wanted more time to be together and to bond and we're still homeschooling and I don't really see an end in sight. So as time has gone on with my kids, we've both of them have some pretty significant um, educational challenges. And so that's been part of the homeschool journey for us is, you know, the therapies and making the modifications to how I teach things. And in, on one hand, it's, it's a little easier because I don't have to go through all the channels. I can just change how I do things and work around my kids' strengths which is great. But then on the flip side of that, sometimes I feel like it's all on me and, you know, trying to be the therapist and the mom and, and do the reading remediation and, and this and that. So that's been challenging as well as the fact that, you know, I'm a sensitive and intense mom with two sensitive and intense kids sometimes makes life a little crazy. Right. Oh, that's good. I know. I, I sense that maybe homeschoolers feel like the weight of it all is on them. And I heard that from what you said. Well, Nicole, let's go to you share with us about your journey. You're, you're just a connected families volunteer extraordinaire. I know you've been around the things that we've done in our online courses. And one thing that we've worked on together lately is being in clubhouse and our Monday morning prayer room that you have joined so often to pray for people. And that's been fantastic. But tell us about your homeschooling and your family. Yes, I have six children. They range in age from nine, 10, 
almost 12. Two of them are 13 right now for one more month. (laughs) And then that second child will be 14 next month. And then my eldest is 15. So the four youngers are my girls and the two older are my boys, the two older ones. And my four girls are actually adopted and they are biological sisters. The four of them are biological sisters. So out of my six children, five of them are adopted. So my four girls Uh are biological sisters. And then my boy, my second boy is from a completely different family. And then I have the one who is my eldest, my um, only biological child. We have had a very colorful experience with homeschooling and growing our family through adoption. And through all of it, every step of the way, I have just been forced to cling to the Lord (laughs) because I just, it's been an exciting adventure, but an adventure of all of the unknowns. And so God has very purposefully designed all of this. So we've, we've always been a homeschool family, but just recently we moved across the country from California to Georgia. And my eldest, my 15 year old asked if he could try out public school. And because I lean heavily toward self-directed education, where we really want to lean into their passions and the things that interest them most, when he kind of threw that out there, I don't want to be hypocrite in any way. So I said, okay, that's where you are right now. And you would like to you know, try that. So we want to come alongside you mm-hmm. and support you in that. So for the last four months, he has been in public school and he is really enjoying it where we are right now. So the other five are still being homeschooled. So that's still, that's still going well. Good, Nicole. I'm sure when he came to you with that, you had to take a deep breath and and think that through and pray that through, I'm sure. But I can hear the busyness of six kids and all at different ages and the chaos of it all, maybe the noise and the sibling conflict. And I know from being an adoptive family myself, there's always a level of trauma and loss that's just, you know, somewhere in there that you're, you know, thinking through and praying through too. So yeah, thanks for that introduction. Marnie, welcome. Marnie, you are also a certified Connected Families coach with Connected Families. Tell us about your homeschooling journey and your family. So I have three boys, um, 17, 15, and 11. And I was actually a public school teacher before um, I became a home educator. So that's a whole nother topic (laughs) of just trying to de-school myself. But I really have enjoyed homeschooling my kids and learning alongside them, especially I have three busy boys. And so being able to allow them to move their bodies in the ways that they need to has been really helpful. I have one that has ADHD and another with sensory processing issues. And so just having that space for them to sit on a yoga ball if they need to, or jump on a trampoline if they need to, practice our math facts while we're throwing the football if they need to, has been really helpful. So I'm grateful for um, just the way that they can be, you know, themselves. And my oldest, like Nicole, is graduating this year. He's a senior and he also decided he wanted to try school for the first time. So that's been a new adventure for our family. So he's going to school. He's thriving. I will say that I was a little nervous if he was prepared. I really believed that he was, but you never know for sure. Uh So it's been great to see him just kind of grow into that and learn how to advocate for himself and learn how to work, you know, in a group project. You know how those go. Sometimes you're the only one doing all the work. So he's been navigating that. (laughs) Yes. So that's been really good for him. He's um, actually, he only needed two classes to graduate. So it kind of still feels like we're homeschooling in a way. Like Mm -hmm. Nicole, I lean toward interest-led learning. And this was an interest that he had. 
but he's also interested. He works part-time and so he goes to school half day and works and he's just living his best life, getting ready to get out there on his own soon. (laughs) Well, and I know from having a senior, this is what I've been telling everyone. You know how people say, save up money for therapy for your kids? Uh Uh-uh, you need to save up money for therapy for yourself the year (laughs) your children go off to college. Like that's a real deal. (laughs) (laughs) So I feel you. Well, I just love that the three of you have come together on this podcast because, you know, together we have kids of all the ages, you know, and we have done school in all the different ways. My kids are at a private school. So we have private home educating and we have public schools and teachers. And so we really have a breadth of experience and wisdom. And so I'm, I'm just excited to dig in. And and the first question I have is really for you, Marty, because I know that you have talked with and you work with families that are new to homeschooling. And I think there's just loads of them out there because of the pandemic and probably everyone listening actually feels like they're a homeschooler after, right. Having done school at home virtually, but here's the question. What are you seeing that parents are facing these days around homeschooling? I think especially for people that are coming out of the public school system, it's just a shock, right? It's just like total shock to your system. And I think feeling like overwhelmed with curriculum, with how to organize your day, how to handle, you know, we're with our kids more and our kids Mm -hmm. are with each other more. So that brings conflict. And, you know, I think people like kind of like summertime in a way where they're together more often, but you're trying to get things done. So, you know, I think it's just a whole new routine that people are trying to establish. And, you know, it hasn't been easy, even for veteran homeschoolers like us during the pandemic, things were closed down, sports stopped and, you know, outside classes stopped and our communities kind of shut down. So it's now starting to pick back up, but it can feel lonely. So I think Mm. people are just, you know, not everything is up and rolling like it was. And so it is hard to find community and hard to find even some sometimes kids at the park, you know, it's just kind of been, I think a little bit difficult for not just veteran homeschoolers, but brand new homeschoolers in that way too. So I think overwhelm, maybe feeling a little lonely, just mm-hmm. kind of not sure where to begin, where to start this whole new adventure. That's yeah. what I'm hearing a lot of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think a lot of people will resonate with that. Really, if you're a homeschooler or not, I talked with a mom last night at a workshop and her kids were in a public school and she was, she was just kind of feeling all the changes and overwhelmed with all of that. And so, yeah, we're definitely, we're in a season of overwhelm, I would say (laughs) in our world and in families. Yeah. Well, you know, I want to structure our conversation today around really two key struggles that homeschoolers are facing. And when I list them, um, I think our listeners are going to think, what? Hey, that's me too. If they're not a homeschooler (laughs) and and maybe that's why we picked them, but they are very real. I want to, I want to talk about one, the overwhelm that we just kind of set up and mentioned, but also sibling conflict, because that seems to just rise to the surface when we're talking to homeschoolers too. So yeah, we know all parents deal with these. So I'm going to throw it to Nicole first. And the question really is why are those struggles of overwhelm and sibling conflict? Why are they, do they feel particularly intense with homeschoolers? Yes, probably they are home with us more. And so when you have children at home, more of those hours during the day, there's just more opportunity for conflict. There's more opportunity for heads butting. So 
but I'll tell literally you. and figuratively, Nicole. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, for sure. And yeah, there are so many. There, at my with my youngest being nine, and then having the three teenagers, I'm seeing different sides of that. Where my youngers, my younger girls, are fighting over, you know, she took my toy, and you're in my space. And where my olders have moved more into the things that I'm battling more with them, they're looking for more autonomy. Yeah. So there's more. If I'm asking you to take the trash out. Or if I'm asking you if you've gotten your assignment done, there can be some kind of pushback. Back. They're pushing back, right? Yeah. Exactly. And so I'm learning to, first of all, remember that I know that they think that mom is old, but I remember being 13, 14, 15. I clearly remember those years. And so I'm trying to really do more communicating less. Okay. You know what? This is what you've done. You've crossed this line and here's the consequence. Yeah. I'm trying to really work more with communicating over consequences, you know, less rules more relationship. Yep. Connecting. You're going into the framework, Nicole. Absolutely. For sure. The second level of the framework, how to connect with them over those things. For sure. It's everything. I love it. And I love how you were like, Hey, I can remember that feeling. I'm not so old yet. Yeah. That's really good. Well, I think you're right. What you started with just the sheer number of hours that a family is together really can lead to the overwhelm. And all three of you have mentioned in your introductions, you've mentioned and talked about that, but let's talk about that overwhelm. So I can imagine that the weight of your kids' education, imparting value systems, their relationships, their sibling relationships, heck, even meals, getting the meals on the table, like all of the things are on, on your shoulders and it feels heavy, you know, and also when it gets even deeper, like trauma or educational differences, there's really a lot to navigate. So Marty, I want to ask you this question. What has the overwhelm looked like for you and what enables you to just push through that? I think the overwhelm for me, I'm an introvert and I'm a bit of a highly sensitive person and I have three boys, so there's no quiet in my house. So sometimes the overwhelm just felt like a lot of noise, a lot of activity. And so I really needed to start right at the foundation, like what's going on with me. I go there a lot. So Mm -hmm. I think that is like the main thing that helps me when I'm feeling overwhelmed. I have to really look at my self-care practices. Am I getting sleep? Am I drinking enough water? You know, am I, maybe I had to give up coffee because caffeine was not helpful for me. So, you know, am, am I getting not coffee, exercise? Marnie? That's so I sad. Coffee. It is sad. Well, I can have <laughs> sometimes, but yeah, I mean, I think, you know, it's really just looking at me showing up to be my best self in order to, mm-hmm. you know, help my educate my kids, connect with my kids during the day. So I really have focused a lot on my self-care practices and I've done a lot of work. You know, I, I love connected families, slow, low and listen. Like that is my, mm-hmm. that is my main focus many times, whether it's dealing with sibling conflict or whether it's dealing with, you know, like Nicole was saying, a conflict over chores or whether that's going through a difficult math lesson, you know, I really, I set the temperature for my home. So if I come in calm and slow, low and listen, then that's going to really affect my boys in a positive way. But if I'm stressed out, if I'm coming in with any kind of anxiety or frustration, I mean, my kids see it on my face, they hear it in my voice, and Mm -hmm. it'll just tank the entire day. Okay, Marnie, but that is a big weight. That's a huge weight to carry, isn't it? It is a big weight, but it's also a blessing. Like it's also 
given me permission to say, you know what, I need to take care of myself. If I need to go to bed early, if I need to say, we're not starting school until nine o'clock because I need to get my workout in, that makes me a better mom to you. And I think it's good for them because it's so showing them how to show up in the world in a good way. So I, I've seen my boys, you know, start their workout routine and, you know, make sure that they're getting what they need. So I think it's, it is a big responsibility, but it's also a wonderful opportunity. So I've tried to reframe it, to look at, look at it that way. And I just really encourage mamas to like do self-care, go out for a walk. You know, Mm -hmm. it's okay to stop the lesson if things aren't going well and go outside and throw the ball around or take the dog on a walk, get on your bike. Like we all need to move our bodies sometimes to change the course of our day. And Mm -hmm. so I think it took me a little while to learn that. And I tried, I think a lot of times to push through. And I think that's a big thing that homeschool moms do. We got lessons to do. We have our to-do list to do. We're just going to push through, but that doesn't help anybody. And Mm -hmm. so I think just self-care practice is huge and making sure that you're doing the work, you know, whether it's in, you know, maybe you need to see a therapist, maybe you need marriage counseling, like all of those things affect how we show up for our kids. Mm -hmm. And so I've done those things, you know, I've taken the time to do it. And it was kind of easy to put myself on the back burner. But when I saw the effect that it had on my family, it was a lot easier for me to to do the work. So that's, I think, been the thing that's helped me the most on my personal overwhelm journey. I wonder if, if Lydia, if you have any thoughts about what does do the work mean? Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. It means to look inward at what's going on in me as a mom. And there have been so many times where I have found myself struggling with one of my kids over a school assignment, maybe. And when I've taken that step back to think about it, it was about me. It was about what was going on in me. It was about my feelings of inadequacy, my comparison of myself as a teacher, and just, you know, feeling like I needed to have things all together. It wasn't really about my child. It wasn't really about the school thing that we were struggling with. So yeah, I relate to that so much, Marnie. Wow. And so if you feel like you're the one that has it all, then we're back to the overwhelm. It's your own thinking (laughs) that is causing this overwhelm. And that's about you. That's wow. That's really good. Well, Nicole, I know that you have continually done the work of going to Jesus when you have been overwhelmed, because I've heard you talk about it a lot of times, especially when we've been together on clubhouse. And I heard you say once parenting is a lot more about me than about my kids. As you said that, I feel like it sounds so like counter, so opposite really of what we've been talking about. Because when I think about, you know, if I have children with a a background of trauma or, you know, learning differences or something like that, isn't it about them then? So I want you to share more about what that means. It's about me and how you go to Jesus with that. Being totally transparent here. Looking back years back in the beginning, our family growing to six children, there were a lot of times where I would say, because you've done this, this is why mom reacted. There were days when I actually would say that to them, like, you know what, I'm sorry that I said that, but I'm sorry that I reacted in that way, but... Mm-hmm. And I've learned over the years where I've had to go back and I've had to apologize. I'm so sorry. Mom is responsible for her reactions, whether I'm raising my voice, 
or um, I'm not allowing you to finish explaining or answering the question or whatever is going on, I've learned that it's not about them. It is absolutely about me. I want to have a shirt made. Dear moms, it's more about us than it is about them. And I, I really, really, I really believe that because my own, I mean, it's that foundational piece, right? Of the framework. You are safe with me. They can't be safe with me if I am reactive. If I, like Marnie and Lydia have mentioned, if I haven't taken care of myself, if I have, if I haven't slept well, or I haven't had 20 minutes to exercise, I'm not the same mom. I come out a little bit more like a mama bear. I'm not as patient. I'm much more reactive. And so just taking that moment to say, where am I? How am I feeling? And then there have been mornings where I'll go out into my kids. You know what? I didn't sleep well last night. How did you sleep? Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm really hungry. I know that you need help with that, but can I go and do this first? And so not only is it instilling in them and, you know, giving them permission to communicate your needs, you know, mom, can I go back and lie down for a little bit? I'm tired or, you know what? I'm cranky. And that's why I just punched my sister or whatever is going on. It gives them permission to also to be human mm-hmm. and to be, um, have these times where they are able to, and I'm teaching them an emotional vocabulary as well. You know what? I'm angry because of this. I'm disappointed because this didn't go the way that I thought it was going to go. I'm upset because you said that you were going to come and help me. And now you're helping her, you know, all of these things, but most of it by far, it's me having my heart in a place where I'm ready to go out and be mom. I've had my time. I've taken care of myself. And now it's about them. And I've heard you take care of yourself. And it's so often going back to scripture. And taking God's word and hiding in your heart and living it and walking it, believing it, acting out of it. I have so much respect for you, Nicole, in that. Romans 8, 28, that most of us are familiar with, right? God basically, he's telling us, I will use this for good, I promise. I will, I can take this chaos and turn it into something wonderful. (laughs) He promises to do that. I'm going to work it all for good right? For those who love me, those who've been called according to my purpose. And so I remember that like, Nicole, this is a disaster right now. But if you can just take that, if I can get myself to take that one breath, just that one breath, it changes everything. Mm. The mood in our home. I used to hate to hear people say, mom set the tone in the home. I didn't want that pressure on me. I didn't want the responsibility of, you know, of seven other people and where they are in their mood. I didn't want to take that on, but it is true. If I can remember, mm-hmm. I've run to Jesus. I run to Jesus all the time. And I invite my kids to do the same. You're having a hard time. Look, let's run to him together. Yeah. I need him just as much as you do. It's, I used to kind of look at it like my kids are on one side and I'm on the other side and I'm trying to get them to my side. One day you're going to be an adult, right? And I'm trying to raise you to eventually you're going to be over here with, it's not so much that it's we together need to run to Jesus. We, we need him equally. It's not a mom versus parent versus the kid. It's yeah. both of us together moving throughout the day, recognizing when we're wrong, apologizing and making it right, you know, and, and like the framework says, you're called and capable. You can do this. You've got this. So so, good. Yeah. And just staying connected all day. Connection is just huge. It's the biggest piece of all staying connected. And no matter what I have noticed, I think it was Marnie that touched on this. When I approach my kids, 
with love and patience, they are different kids. They really, really are. Hmm. But when I don't approach them with that, they are very different kids every hmm. time. And so I've seen that play out over the years. And that's why it's, it's worth the work that's involved to make sure that I am where I need to be before I go out to be mom now and, to, you know, and to turn on it's, it's, what do they say? It's go time. <laughs> when we get up and walk out of our bedrooms, it's yeah. go time. Like, okay, Lord, come on, we're doing this. I got my earrings on and my high heels and I'm ready for go time. <laughs> yes, yes, so. Oh, I love that, Nicole. That was really, really rich. And I feel like we've done a great job of getting, getting very real with how we've worked through that overwhelm. So I appreciate that so much. We're going to go to a commercial and when we come back, we're going to talk about the second thing, which is sibling conflict, the second struggle that many homeschool families. And as we said in the beginning, all home, all families are, are dealing with. So after the break. Hi friends, Stacy here. I want to tell you about a free resource that you can get today called helping kids with anger. Anger is an emotion that all of us have, well, kids and parents. We've all experienced it. It looks different depending on the personality. Sometimes it's slow and simmering, and sometimes it's surprising and explosive. But no matter how it shows itself in your home, it can be hard to know how to manage. It can be especially hard when identities start to get formed around anger. Well, if this topic of anger hits home for you, we have an ebook that integrates both biblical truth and brain science. It's designed to help you equip your children to manage their anger and emotions rather than just stop the behavior. You'll also learn how to work on your own anger first so that you can respectfully and constructively help your children work through their own big emotions. Head to our show notes and follow the link to download our Helping Kids with Anger ebook and take steps towards peaceful parenting and connection today. All right, ladies, well, we're back after the commercial and I just thank you so much for being here today. We've already talked um, a lot about the overwhelm that homeschoolers and many parents are feeling right now. And we want to move into sibling conflict, which I'm guessing we're actually just going to like maybe even add on just the plain word conflict, because I'm guessing there's just conflict, isn't there, in families. So Lydia, I want to ask you this. So, you know, I think when outsiders look in on homeschooling families, they think, wait a minute, aren't those kids all sweet to each other? And they're all, you know, busy working on their science projects or building elaborate cool forts in the backyard or inventing new things together. <laughs> Talk about how that might not be always the reality and that sibling conflict and conflict is present. Talk about that reality. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's definitely not an idyllic life. Sometimes it is, and there's these beautiful, brilliant moments of togetherness, <laughs> and sometimes it's a lot of craziness. But, you know, I think one big challenge with homeschooling is we are so in the weeds, so to speak. Um, every day, we're, we're just in the details of, all, of each other's lives mm -hmm. all day long. You know, we're the teacher, we're the parent, we're the you know, referee, the coach. And sometimes we just need to step back a little bit and have that eye for what is 
what is going on that's even partially good? We talk about this so often that our focus is like fertilizer. What we focus on, we're going to get more of. And we need to do this for ourselves and for our kids. You know, I know there have been days that I've looked around my disastrous house and thought, did I even get anything done? And then I looked (laughs) around again and I saw the stacks of books we had read and I thought we did get something done. We had some really special moments, but it's so easy to focus on the overwhelming number of fights going on between siblings Mm. or my house looks like a tornado went through it every day when we finished school. Yeah. And you know what? It comes back to, you know, it's, it's easy to have this conflict between each other because we're with each other so much. And the challenge for me is how can I be my child's advocate and helper and resource? How can they really know that I'm on their team? And so when my kids are fighting, instead of jumping right in to figure out who is it, who's the one who started this fight and, you know, who needs to be in trouble? I had a moment recently with my kids where they started punching each other as we were going out the door. And I don't know who started what, but he started it. <laughs> yeah. he it. And I, I held out one hand to one, one of my children and the other hand to the other. And I just hugged them each in, one to each side of me. And, you know, in that, just, just a moment to slow down and breathe in God's peace. Mm-hmm. And to just, I love you so much. And I love you so much. And I know we're going to figure this out together. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing to me how they, you know, so often if I can help them, if we can calm down together, they can figure out their conflicts. I just need to stop panicking so fast and just make that safety and calming down a priority and then let them walk into their relationship and repairing things. Mm-hmm really good. Not jump in so fast is just a throwback to the first half of our show today. It's it's about me. I'm the mom and and where am I at and what am I bringing to each situation? So I love that tie in. And even too, with their assignments, it's easy to jump in as teacher, mom, I got to make sure you get this done and get that done. And when we take that minute to step back and figure out what's going on with my child, is she overwhelmed because she's sad about something? Is, is he overwhelmed because his sensory needs are like, you know, way over his head and he needs a sensory break? That en- enables us to be a team and to move forward together without locking horns all day long. Mm, yeah, that's good. Marnie, I wonder what is your perspective on conflict, sibling conflict? How do you approach this on the daily? Well, we have lots of opportunity. So that's the, that's the good news. I think so you're an expert. I'm an expert on <laughs> conflict resolution in my house. <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's been a blessing. I try to remind myself that, especially with homeschooling, we have to leave margin in our day. We have to leave margin in our day because we have to expect that there's going to be conflict. And it took me a while to get to that place. I was always surprised when conflict came up. Why I was surprised every time, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I had to leave room because that's the most important part of our homeschool. It's not about the curriculum. It's not about, you know, teaching them lessons. It's really about the character development that happens, growing wisdom in our children. And so when I put, when I kind of reframed it to say, okay, it's going to happen. I've got three boys. Conflict is happening in our house. What are we going to do? So I think that's where connected families helped me so much because it gave me a plan. It gave me, you know, here's this step to do when this happens. You come in slow, low and listen. Mm -hmm. And then what? 
there's empathy, right? Like, like Lydia was saying, it's not about the problem. The problem's over here. We're a team over here. How are we going to attack the problem, right? And working through the peace process. So that connected families just flipped our family around because it gave us actionable steps to take when conflict happened. So I could come in calm. I could listen to both of the kids that were in conflict. And I could show them how to have empathy for each other. It's not about this thing. How is this person feeling? When you spoke to them that way, how do you think that they felt? Did you see the look on their face? Did you see the, how they their shoulders slumped over? So I think it's just been such a blessing. And I try to remind myself that this is a life skill that they're going to take into their marriages and to their parenting. And it is the most important thing. So for me, I think just having those steps with the peace process, the empathy, the attacking the problem as a team instead of attacking each other (laughs) has been just so helpful. The sibling, I think it's the sibling course that walks you through the conflict resolution. And I cannot recommend that highly enough. It just really changed everything. Yeah. So it's called sibling conflict and we love it, right? Because we all start on crazy mountain. It's this, you know, beautiful cartoon graphic that's drawn and the family's up on crazy mountain and there's fireworks going on up there and they have to come down off that mountain and cross the river. And there's just four rocks to step over, to get over to reconciliation Valley or something like that. Yeah. So it's a, it's a great one. I wonder, Nicole, if you have any thoughts, the idea of teaching your kids empathy, talking to them about understanding each other. Empathy for me is communicating to my kids. I see you, Mm. I hear you, and I get you because I'm a sinner just like you. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. so it's communicating that all day. That isn't easy. Mama's cup has to be full overflowing for me to communicate that to my kids. And that means having that initial time that we spoke about earlier in the conversation. It's so key so that I can come out and pour out what God has just poured into me. And so, but yes, it's that piece of me modeling for them. I see that you're upset. I see that this has happened. Let's talk about it. And and really trying to get them to carry that into their relationships with their siblings throughout the day. We are at the very beginning. They are not, they are definitely at the beginning stages of that, but we're, we're steadily making progress. It's, can you understand why she did what she did? Can you understand why she's crying? Can you understand why she just kicked you as you were getting out of the car? Like, you know, all of these, we're not making excuses, but we Mm -hmm. just really practicing that empathy piece is huge. I see you. I hear you. I get you. Just, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have done that. You know, mm-hmm. can I get a do-over? There's a there's a lot of that. I mean, you know, the thing, ladies, is that sibling conflict kind of creates chaos, doesn't it? <laughs> the usually can get loud, and who knows, things might even be flying across the room. There's lots of emotion and all this stuff. That's that's crazy. That's hard always to deal with. It's hard to do all the things that you talked about in the 
beginning, actually, you know, to stay calm, to be checking in with yourself and, and all of that chaos can bring disconnection. So I just want to talk for a minute about maybe ways that you have worked on that connection throughout the day. I wonder if just, you know, I don't know who has an answer to this, but even just quick little ideas on how you've connected. For me, it really comes the the connection piece really comes into being a student of my child. So to really know like what's going on in them, right? First thing, like just are their physical and emotional needs being met? And then really setting aside, I think it took me a while. My homeschool journey has been interesting. We started out more structured and have lessened that as we've gone on. And I've noticed when we started out so structured, it was me imposing on them. These are the things that we need to do. My agenda was first. There's not connection happening when I'm trying to get my agenda and my checklist done. But when I shift that and we kind of changed the whole way that we homeschool to a very much more interest-led path, it was me getting an opportunity to figure out what this kiddo is interested in and how can I kind of, you know, bring that in. I've got a history buff. So all of the writing that we do ties into his interests and he loves animals. So everything kind of just ties into his interests. Mm-hmm. And there's been such beautiful connection because they are, their eyes light up when you show interest in something that they're interested in. Right. And so it's just been a wonderful way for me to connect with my kids is allowing them to follow their interests. And not only that, but then me following along with them and them getting to teach me things for our family that has been game changing. Wow. That the kids can teach you things. That's really, that's something I wonder Lydia about connection between your two kids. So you said you had a fourth grader and a kindergartner, first grader. So there's a bit of a gap there. Do you just even have one tip on how you've set them up to be connected with each other in your homeschool day? From the very beginning, when my son was just little, we would talk about their relationship. And, you know, even when he was this tiny little kiddo, he just loved to watch what sister was doing. And he still like he loves to jump into her schoolwork or she asks him, Eric, how do you think you spell this? And he gives an answer and we, and sometimes he gets it right with her spelling words. And we just think that's the most funny thing ever. Those little involvements with each other and just calling out like, oh, look at, look at how he loves to do this with you. And isn't it sweet when sister reads this book to you and setting them up to be really important people in each other's lives. Mm. Um, Yeah. I didn't know if we were going to have more children than my daughter. Mm -hmm. And that sibling relationship and seeing what a gift they are to each other, you know, a gift and, and definitely a trial at times. <laughs> yes, <laughs> right. It's a sweet thing that has been to see. Yeah, just how special they are in each other's day and just the laughs and the funny stuff, all the funny little brother moments like we just embrace that. So you you embrace each one's unique giftedness and then how that comes out and affects the rest of us. I I like that a lot. This has been such a rich conversation. And I just want to end giving each of you an opportunity for just a final thought to all of the parents out there, homeschool or not, that are feeling overwhelmed, that are, you know, dealing with sibling conflict or just conflict or just whatever the Lord is laying in your heart, feel free. And why don't we start with Nicole? Nicole, what are your final thoughts today? (sighs) 
it's just really going back for me to remembering the two most important pieces and it's faith and family for us. And so things can go off course. They can, they will, they do. (laughs) They Mm -hmm. do derail about every five seconds in our home, but it's just, they say, focus on your why. You need to remember your why. You hear that often in these conversations, right? And so for us, it's been our faith and family. We're doing this for our family to be close knit. We don't aim for perfection. We don't aim. I did that early on. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Everything has to look a certain way and be a certain way. And it didn't, it doesn't, it just was an epic fail. And so I've gone way to the other side of the spectrum. I'm much more relaxed with the self-led learning and focusing in on what causes their little hearts to light up and come alive. Hmm. And when I come alongside something that they are interested in, they really respond to that beautifully Hmm. because they know that it's not about mom coming saying, this is what we're going to do. I'm sorry that you don't like it. I'm sorry that you're not into it, but this is what we have to do. Let's just you know, get, get, you know, get through this. Mm-hmm. They, they are understanding, wow, you are doing this because I'm into it because I love it because it's my own interest. Even my nine-year-old, she gets that. Yeah. And so it's been really, really beautiful, but just staying in that place of why are we doing this? We love God. He loves yeah. us. He has a beautiful plan for our lives and we want to be a close-knit family. Mm-hmm. And that's going to look different for each family, every mm-hmm. family. It may be public school, it may be private school. For us, this season that we're in, it's homeschool. And it's, yeah, it's been such a blessing. And so it's been chaotic, but it's been blessed chaos. Amen. Amen. I love that. Marnie, what are your final thoughts? I love what you shared, Nicole, blessed chaos. That really strikes yeah. the chord with me too. It, homeschooling's messy. Like there's no, you know, my house is where we live here. We live and play and work here 24 hours a day. So it's, you know, I think for, for me, it's been really nice to be able to focus on the connection with my kids instead of like curriculum. I know a lot in homeschooling circles, curriculum is the thing that people talk about, but it's really not about what we're using. It's really about how we're spending our time. And so for me, just to be able, especially now that I have one graduating, like not going to get teared up, but (laughs) I am so grateful for the times that we got to spend together learning together, playing together, reading aloud together, playing games, like all of those things are the things that come to the forefront of my mind. And he is doing, he's doing amazing. Like it was, I think that was a fear that I had, but I wasn't enough that there would be gaps in their learning that I wasn't going to provide enough. I know a lot of homeschool moms have that fear. We all have gaps in our learning. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, constantly learning new things as an adult. That's how God wired us. Right. And all I really want is for my boys to know how to learn, and then they can go ahead and learn whatever it is they need, whenever it is they need it. And we're accomplishing that. But when I shifted everything to be more about connection, like Nicole was saying about faith and family, when that was the lens that I looked through to make every decision in our homeschool, things were things were good. So mm-hmm. I just want to encourage families to really focus on relationships and re- and focus on the life skills, you know, the sibling conflict that we talked about, conflict resolution, self-care, because that models for our children. So all of those practices are just, I would say more important than yeah. any curriculum or anything we have to teach. 
more important. Yeah. Good. Lydia, what are your final thoughts? Oh, I just love what you guys shared, Nicole and Marnie. It's like, just like balm to my homeschool mom heart. (laughs) There's a verse that I love just as a parent and, and as a teacher for my kids, it's Philippians 1 verse 4 through 6. And it says, in all my prayers for you, I pray with joy. And then skipping ahead, being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion in the day of Jesus. Christ. And I think, you know, I want my kids to know that I'm making the choices I'm making because I love and enjoy them. And I'm confident that Jesus is going to walk with us this whole time. And there are days, in fact, when I first started working at Connected Families, it was last fall, and we had the roughest start to our homeschool year that we've ever had. And I, I really thought, you know, you know, I was had my plans and it was going to go great. We had the toughest few weeks. I emailed Lynn. I'm like, Lynn, I hope you're not going to regret hiring like a really hot mess of a mom. I I don't even know what I'm doing right now. But those tough seasons and tough weeks and tough days, they happen. And it doesn't mean that you're doing a bad job. It doesn't mean that you're not supposed to be homeschooling. But on the converse side of that, if homeschooling is not bringing connection to your family, and if your relationships would be better with your kiddos in school, then that is a courageous choice you need to make as a parent. You know, this is not a one size fits all. There are so many different ways to homeschool. There are so many different ways to school our kids. And the heart of what we want is just that confidence of knowing that God has given us these children and he's here with us right in the middle of whatever daily mess is, equipping us and and bringing us to the completion of what he has planned for our kids. So yeah, just that confidence piece of like God's with us in this. Amen. Amen. Wow. All three of you could just preach. And I know that your words were just encouraging to the souls of so many homeschool parents that are listening and all of us parents. And so I just thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your journey. We really appreciate that all three of you are are a part of our community. Thank, Thank you, Stacey. Stacey. It was a blessed time. Really yeah. enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in today, friends. You can find more information in our show notes, but while you're there, please rate and review so others can find us more easily and leave a comment or question. I love reading them and it helps us make the podcast even better. For more information, go to connectedfamilies.org. I will see you next time.